Anyway, uh, I think uh, one of mine that I'm really surprised didn't get taken, you mentioned the Stormtrooper helmet or the uniforms, but the actual, the white on white, those, I, I'm yes. kind of surprised that those didn't get taken either. I really like that look. I also, same vein, I had the white with the uh, silver wings that we wore down in USC when we did the Storm LA. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was like 2012. Uh, but yeah, those are some of my favorites. Uh, the other one that was close to the last one, the Rose Bowl one I took, was also the chrome Rose Bowl ones we won, or we wore when Herbert won the Rose Bowl. And when the, uh, that LA sunset, the sky's pink, and it kind of turned those helmets pink for like, like 10, 15 minutes, like that was just the coolest phenomenon. So, right, I, I had the Welcome to the Flock Pod. We are at hashtag 118 here in the beautiful condo. The Avatarier producers are past the F out this morning, so hopefully we won't have a bunch of noise from them. If you'd be so kind, please go find us on your favorite podcast streaming platform and all of those podcast streaming platforms. Just go into like an AT&T store and just like go follow the Flock Pod on all the phones for us. If you'd be so kind, that'd be absolutely lovely. Give us the five-star ratings. If you're not going to give us a five-star rating, just don't even bother rating us because we just really just want the five stars. And uh, subscribe. Make sure you get that fresh hotness in your feed every time we have a new pod coming out. Also, please go find us on all of your favorite uh, social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, MySpace, if that's still going. We should just create a FlockPod MySpace. I think that'd be kind of fun just to get out there. LinkedIn. You can, yeah, LinkedIn. There we go. <laughs> LinkedIn. Uh, you can find me at <coughs> Justin D on those same platforms. Shay, tell them where you are. You can find me at bartender Shane six on Twitter and at Waka Flocka Shane six on Instagram. And we are joined today by Mr. Duckswire himself, Zach Neal. Zach, how are we doing this morning, sir? I'm doing good. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I know it's been a little bit since I've been on with you guys, but excited to come back and talk some offseason news and do a little fun activity with you guys later. So it's gonna be a good one. I, I appreciate you taking away time from the U.S. Open to join us this morning and uh, be a part of the podcast, which is great. So you can keep us updated if there's any craziness over there. Just let us know. But uh, yeah, we got a lot of news to cover. We got a fun podcast here for you guys today going into some Oregon football helmet rankings. Going to do three questions at the end. Uh, but let's jump into some news here first. Some of the big topics of the day, if you will. Uh, I'm going to start out with uh, the Dior Johnson decommit. I think that's kind of the biggest news in Oregon athletics right now, maybe besides the Rashada dropout. But we'll talk about that here a little bit later. How did you guys perceive that whole uh, Dior Johnson decommit? Shane, let's start with you. What was your kind of just overall like zoomed out thought process on that? Uh, well, I mean, it's hard not to kind of correlate him leaving with the Will Richardson coming back story. So, I mean, that was, you know, my immediate uh, kind of reaction and thinking, you know, does this 
change how we feel about this team now that now that will rich is coming back i don't know zach you haven't talked to you in a while i've already said how incredibly wrong i was about will richardson coming back i was sure <laughs> that he was going on to different things i was going to say bigger and better but probably just different um but yeah so i mean I, t- to me what i i kind of feel like this changes this team's expectation a little bit Ooh. where i think if dr johnson is the starting guard you're kind of looking at this team as like you know, can they surprise some people? Can they be one of these young athletic teams that come out of nowhere and make a run? Now with Will Rich coming back, I think even though I'm not as high on that guard as a lot of other people are, I think this changes the window to final four or bust now. I mean, this team is, is designed to be led by upperclassmen. And in my mind, that means winning now, having success now, where if you have that younger team, where if we have this kind of like biddle sauce and stuff, I think that it's kind of leaves a little more room to be um, to be kind of a, an underdog where now I feel like this team is a, a dog dog. I like it. Zach, I, what about you? I see what you're saying with the final four bust. I, I'm not sure I agree, but I do think that they have a, a much higher expectation and a higher ceiling. Now, if they go to the sweet 16 and lose, I'm not going to think the season's a disappointment. Um, I, I mean, I don't, it's still so early in the process. I don't know if I can predict that they're going to make a, a final four run or anything like that. But, uh, what you said earlier is I, I think that this is like exactly connected with Will Richardson and Dior Johnson. I mean, I think he saw Will Richardson come back and he said, all right, there's a lot less minutes for me now on the court. I'm going to go find someone, some team that I can play for. And you look at the teams, I mean, he committed to Pittsburgh. He was also. Uh, his top three were Pittsburgh, Mississippi State, and Washington State, I believe. Mm-hmm. Look at those three teams, and he's not looking to compete and make a Final Four run. He's looking for somewhere where he can start, put up stats, and try and make a jump to the NBA as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it, it became clear in Eugene that that wasn't going to be possible for him, really, because we have Keyshawn Bartholomew. We have Jermaine Kusnart. We have Will Richardson now. I mean, there's a lot of guard minutes that are taken up, and that's why I think him. And I don't blame him for leaving either because he was he was going to have to fight for a lot of minutes on the court. And I understand that. So, um, yes, we would have been better had he stayed. And it would be a lot really exciting to see him and Kalel Ware kind of take over that that next guard. I, I don't think either of them would be staying for more than a year, maybe two at the most. But, um, yeah, like you said, there's there's higher expectations now because you have Will coming back and, and looking for revenge after last year. But um yeah i i would disagree on the final four bust part but yeah there are higher expectations so i'm intrigued because now that the starting five of this team now shifts and dana's got some pieces to kind of play around with there and to see what's gonna what's gonna work the best for him but i think zach is 100 percent correct this this kind of shows dior's hand in a lot of ways that he's he's looking to use the ncaa as just that stepping stone to get to the nba and can't fault him you know we're, we're always pro player here go get your bag go do what you need to do i was actually surprised that he didn't go like the overtime route or like the the, the g league or something yeah. of that nature well, um, when he decommitted is the the g league you have to be top 25 i think to go to oh. team team ignite really? I think I okay. think there's some parameters on like what where you have to be ranked, and I think Dior was ranked 35. Makes sense. I think mm-hmm. that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think there's a a top 50 player 
coming out of high school who isn't really looking at the NCAA in the way that Justin just described. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, there's not a lot of talk with you guys. Where like, oh, I really want to go plant my flag at Purdue and be there for four years and get two yeah. degrees. Yeah, Drew Timmy. Exactly. <laughs> but, I mean, so, so it's a different conversation if D or D commits and we don't get Will. You know, but I... As an Oregon fan, I don't think it's anything to panic about because I, I think we'll still be solid. I think we've got a little bit of a higher ceiling now because we have Will back. So, um, yeah, that's the net net of it. I mean, every team that made a deep run last year had a veteran guard, whether or not mm-hmm. they were like the, you know, the, the primary guard on that team. But like all of those teams had a guy, you know, who, who would, is considered a leader. So, I mean, this knowing what Will Richardson is, I mean, some people rate him differently, but knowing what we have is a lot different than just kind of a dice roll with the rest of these guys. Mm-hmm. Well, and this kind of gives Will Richardson a dumb and dumber opportunity to totally redeem himself, right. Yeah. To come in and, and lead a young team. Uh, I'm, I mean, this is, this is totally off topic. I went on a Nathan Biddle deep dive yesterday and like was watching some of his workout videos and stuff like that, that he's put, I'm getting really excited about big Biddle and putting Biddle. I want to see like a big lineup where you got like Biddle where Dante, let's put them all out there. Let's have Gary area at the two put will at the one. Let's just go giant and just see what happens uh, with the, the trees down there in the paint. But I'm, I was, I was hurt after last year and I'm, I'm kind of like coming back in this relationship. And I think, I think I'm ready to try again. I think I'm ready to believe again in this team. <laughs> well, as you were saying too, there's, I mean, there's eight, maybe nine players that you can reasonably see getting a lot of minutes in a rotation. I, I think it's a pretty deep team and you're not going to like, Dana's not going to have to play six guys that he can trust. I think he can really get kind of deep into the bench depending on matchups and and you've got some guys that if they work out, I mean, we said the same thing last year, that there's so much talent on this roster and you can go to so many guys and it didn't really work. So, um, but the early returns from this new roster construction, I think are pretty encouraging. I agree. Yeah, I completely agree. All right. Any other men's hoops thoughts before we look to uh, move on? Is anybody right. going to call a championship now or nope, no, no, <laughs> no. You already said final four bus, man. You're no, the I one said to... what the expectations should be for the team, not my expectations. Oh, oh, oh okay. All right. <laughs> no, All right. I, I think that what I mean to, to, I guess to clarify what I'm saying is now inside that locker room, they have to be looking at, I think anything short of a final four as being somewhat of a disappointment. I think, I think this is a big year for Dana Altman. Honestly, I think if they have similar season to last year, I think he's out of Eugene, whether it's Whoa. his decision or not. Well, we we kind of talked about that last week, right? Like some of the some of the whispers around the program, some of the some of the stuff going around that Dana might not be the happiest camper in the world right now, might be getting a little frustrated with the NIL and transfer world, which is kind of funny to me because he's like the magician of the transfer transfer portal. But he's now everybody's doing it. So he's like, everybody, they're stealing my stuff. But um, he's also getting up there in age, too. Yeah. I mean, Mm -hmm. you got to be thinking about retirement at some point for him. Not that he would leave Oregon and go somewhere else, but I mean, he's, I think he'd be old, but he's definitely in his like later 60s, right? Yeah. I mean, that's just out of birthday. 
just had yeah, a he did just have a birthday like two days ago i'm pretty sure it's like 67 or 68 but i mean i'm looking it up right now happy well, we birthday were, coach we were kind of discussing this last week zach about like you know what if dana were to get frustrated with this situation here and leave what it would look like and it's like a small school in the midwest maybe somewhere close to home that he could have complete control of for a little bit why but- wouldn't you go back to creighton if they were, you know, like yeah. if, if that's what they were into, I don't really know what the haps are at Creighton right now. Yeah, they're like coaching I. situation. I see him retiring. I think if yeah, he Oregon, I think he retires. Else. I would see retirement. Here's a trivia question for you guys: Who's older, Ernie Kent or Dana Altman? Because you're, uh, I'm, I'm going to say Dana. <laughs> Dana say looks Dana? older. Yeah. Okay. yeah, I think it's Ernie. Ernie Kent, 67 years old. Dana Altman, 64. Ah, okay. I would have totally guessed that Dana was older. Absolutely. Um, all right. And we will actually talk about Ernie here in just a little bit, but first yep. let's, uh, let's, let's drop into this Oregon football program. Um, some, some news coming out in regards to recruiting, uh, Jaden Rashada dropped Oregon out of his top four, Zach, top six, top five, I think. top five, yeah, top 20, whatever those so, silly so lists he are. Released a, <laughs> he released a top seven, I think probably about a month ago and Oregon was in there. And then he was supposed to commit uh, today, actually. Yeah, the 17th. And then he announced yesterday, the day before, I forget, um, that he's pushing back that commitment to the 26th. So whenever that is next week, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he didn't say like, hey, here's my top five. But he listed five schools in that graphic, the, mm. the new commitment time. And it was like, okay, so it looks like the Ducks are out of the running in. If you follow Oregon recruiting and and these kind of QB dominoes that are going on across the country, that was kind of uh, believed to be the what was happening over the past month or so. That Jaden Rashada is someone who he's going to get a big NIL deal wherever he goes. Like that's just kind of known throughout his recruitment. And I think the Ducks kind of shied away one me because they may be more picking up steam with Dante Moore, who's a five star kid. Uh, they also are recruiting Avery Johnson, another four-star quarterback, pretty hard. Um, and I think they're in a pretty good spot to land one of those two guys. And I don't think they wanted to get in a bidding war for Rashada with some of these schools like uh, Miami, Florida, Ole Miss, teams like that. So um, I I don't think it's a, a major deal that he's not, you know, in mm-hmm. on Oregon anymore because I think we're we're good. We've got a couple other recruits that we're trying to go after and, I'd feel really comfortable with either of them. Well, this is the quarterback carousel now, right? And you saw this with Nico. You've seen this with a couple other situations. And I'm just, I heard uh, an interview where his dad was talking and, you know, mentioned a couple of the other coaches. And when he got to landing, all he basically said was, well, he's defensive minded. And so there's, there's, there's some, some writing on the wall there, maybe a little bit too, that they're, Maybe similar to a Dior Johnson, you know, looking for a school where he can really go and just completely show out and kind of have that that air raid. So uh, good luck going to Miami if that's your choice. Good, sir. <laughs> <laughs> like a somewhat of like a I don't want to call it conspiracy, but an idea that I was just cooking up was like, mm-hmm. you know, is is missing out on some of these kids, even though when you're like in the running initially a bad thing, considering he's probably going to be there for a year and put in his transfer papers anyways. And then that's just one less school, you know, that we got to compete with for the transfer is the team that he initially <laughs> chose. 
So, I mean, to kind of like be in there, you know, offer your stuff, show him the weight room, be like, this is what we got. He goes down to Ole Miss, loses out on a starting job. And then we can kind of like even scout him even more. You know what I mean? Like is, is recruiting quarterbacks more important than recruiting quarterbacks who have already played NCAA football? Hmm. The one question. The one thing I would say there, and I think the majority of Oregon fans would agree with me, is that Duck fans just want to get out of this transfer quarterback market. I mean, Mm. so many of the past years, in the past decade, we've had a a transfer quarterback starting. And and what we really want is to recruit a high, high high-class guy and develop him and actually have him grow within the system. But haven't haven't like seven of the eight last like Heisman winners been transfers? I, some something like that. I some... would believe that if that stuff was true. I'm not sure, but I mean, yeah, I I just don't want to put all of our chips on in on a transfer every year and mm-hmm. and rely on that to be the leader. I'd rather have a guy that can start for two or three years and and actually gain some notoriety and some fanfare around everyone, and instead of just coming in fresh every year. So you don't want Dana Altman to be head of recruiting for Oregon football. <laughs> <laughs> Not so that would be not. a that was the next the next job for him that I was gonna bring yeah. up. I was like, how about we just bring him into football? Just a bunch of seven foot receivers, one <laughs> Well, and it's interesting because what Shane was talking about is something that Deion Sanders brought up uh last last year, I think, is that high school kids aren't really getting recruited anymore. You know, mm-hmm. high school kids are having to recruit themselves. They're having to send out a lot more tape, become a lot more aggressive in regards to getting themselves out there because a lot of schools are primarily looking at transfers. They're looking at kids that have already, they've already got all their work on them. They've got a big book on them. They can get more information on them. So they're, they, we are seeing this, this evolution of recruiting and transfers and we're still kind of in the wild, wild west of this whole situation. So it's going to be really interesting, I think, over the next three to five years, just to see where the dust settles and what kind of a, a situation we're left with after that. Um, I think Oregon's in a good spot at the quarterback position right now. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. my adducted son, Ty Thompson, Bo Nix, uh, they just brought in another walk-on. Uh, I think there's some real talent in the room. Uh, I think give Dan Lanning an opportunity this season to go out and prove that he isn't just a defensive coordinator and you know that Oregon does have a sophisticated offensive system. And then I think you'll see more quarterbacks lining up to come here. I mean, it's yeah, go ahead, Zach. Well, I mean, we just also – I. I don't mean to do any disservice to Dan, but there's a reason that they went out and got Kenny Dillingham and one of one of the top offensive coordinators. I know he's not really proven at that level yet, but like ask anyone in the in the world of college football and they're going to say that Kenny Dillingham is an incredible offensive coordinator, a good play caller, a really good recruiter, too. So um, I, I know you sometimes want your your head coach to be more than just one side of the ball. But in this instance, I don't think it's the worst thing for the Ducks because they do have someone like Kenny on the offense. And, yes, we need to see a lot from him this year as well, that the Ducks are going to have a more high-flying offense, more of an air raid, and, and push the ball down the field. But like you said, that's going to – this is a proven year for the Ducks to show that, hey, we're, we're past that pistol offense that, that Cristobal ran, and we're actually going to be exciting on that side of the ball too. So – um, I think it's going to be really interesting to see, though, but it's they've got a lot to prove for sure. Absolutely. Big opportunity. What a, what a like an unfair like thing to say about 
uh, landing as well that he's just a defensive guy. It's like, well, he's like 30 fucking four years old and he's only been a defense coordinator. Like, okay. And then, I mean, yeah. like, as long as, like, he doesn't pull some, like, Chip Kelly thing and, like, whoa, I don't talk to offensive players. You know what I mean? Then, like, they, every head coach came from one side of the ball or the other. Like, mm-hmm. that, it's not – like, I don't know. That, that criticism sounds so, like, specific to the situation when it's – Every, you know, every first time head coach is a, a coordinator of some sort. I mean, the coach's job now is to be more of a CEO of the team and yeah, run everything. Sure. And I mean, yeah, he's he's a defensive coach, but he's also got Tosh LaPoy as his defensive coordinator, one of the best defensive coordinators in college football. So it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, he's going to have more time to oversee everything as a whole and not just be on that side of the ball. So I've always been so impressed by football coaches. I mean, just yeah. knowing like the stress that even coaching like, you know, 12 kids or 15 kids on a basketball roster and you've got like three or four coaches, like a football team is like 80 something kids. You've got 20 to 30 coaches in regards to like strength training and all your graduate assistants. I mean, you are running a small, not even a small business at that point. You're running a, a large entre- business. Yeah, you're running yeah. a large business. And you like Zach was saying, you really do have to kind of have that CEO mentality and be a very good delegator. So that that's mm-hmm. really what's going to be tested right now for Dan Lanning. And I think that was one thing that Cristobal maybe was wanted to have his hands in too many things and kind of stretched himself out a little bit too much. I think in he that was regard. kind of a micromanager. I yes. feel like, yes, I completely agree with that. So I'm, I'm excited to see, I think Bilotti is maybe the best example of that guy that just kind of sits <clears> back <throat> and lets his coaches do his jobs, you know, around him. And he just wants to look good with the headset on and kind of, <laughs> be the CEO of the company, but I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I think, I think I like what I've heard from Lanning. I like the interviews. I like his, his presence. He seems very comfortable in his own skin, which I think is a big deal. Cristobal sometimes during those interviews just was never the most, uh, fun uh, human. He was a little robotic at times, right? So I feel like that's one thing. I think Lanning's going to be able to ingratiate himself a little bit better with his other coaches. So um, any other... Oh, actually, let's talk uh, Jurian Dickey real quick. Uh, I want to hear Zach uh, wax poetic on this four-star wide receiver who has a potential to uh, to make another star jump. Yeah, I put up a, a new story on Ducksfire today. Um, oh, hey, what a great website. <laughs> my favorite website. Uh, I'm looking at it Jurian- right now. Yeah, Jurion Dickey, who is a four-star commit to Oregon. I think he committed last month. I forget what date it was, but he is absolutely like making waves in the high school recruiting, you know, circles right now. And he's had some camps. I know OT seven camp uh, down in Las Vegas last week, where he was named like one of the one of the MVPs in the camp. And he's just really turning some heads because he's a big frame, and they're saying he's really grown into his body. And I mean, Greg Biggins, the national recruiting analyst for two four seven Sports put out an article yesterday saying that like, is this guy in the conversation for the best wide receiver in the 2023 class? I mean, he's currently ranked by 247 sports as the number 10 receiver, but uh, they're saying that you can compare him to any of the top three receivers in that class. And he, he stands up really well against them. So um, that's just something to watch. I know that any Oregon fan who's into recruiting has kind of already seen this and knows that the ducks got a, a really good player in him and, we won't see him until next year, but there's a, a really good chance that he gets a fifth star this year and is considered when all is said and done, one of the, the better wide receiver recruits that Oregon has ever gotten. So, um, so just something to watch. It's been, it's been really encouraging to see what he's doing. So I'm going to force you into a hot take here, Zach. 
Oh, do boy. you do you think that he has the potential to be the greatest receiver in the University of Oregon's history? The bar potential. is as low yeah. as any school in the nation. That's yeah. such a good point. <laughs> potential, yes, absolutely. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and say that, yes, this, what, 16, maybe 17-year-old kid <laughs> is going to be the greatest wide receiver in Oregon history. But really? Because yeah, guy... I said that about Josh Delgado. <laughs> <laughs> no, this, this guy has all the tools. Uh, he's got the size, got the physicality, got the right demeanor that just he works hard and he gets after it. And um, I'm, I can't wait to see him in an Oregon uniform because he's going to be a lot. I mean, like you said, Oregon is not a place where the best wide receivers come to play. We don't have a, a great history of wide receivers running backs in their hand. Different story, but offensive linemen, fucking tight ends, linebackers. (laughs) Well, and and with the current the current roster, I mean Troy Franklin and and Chase Coda, Dante Thornton. I mean, we've got some players coming in that that can really step that up and a good coach with Junior Adams. But it Jurion looks like the real deal. So I'm I'm really excited to see what his career is like at Oregon. Yeah, it's interesting you just listed four players who could be the greatest wide receiver in the University of Oregon (laughs) history. Yeah, I don't know, guys. I don't know if he's going to be better than Jeff Mail. That's what I was going to say. Jeff oh. Mail is the king, right? <laughs> yeah, Jeff Mail so. or like Keenan Owry? I'd probably yeah. say Keenan. Sammy Parker? Sammy Parker. I'll never forget that punt return versus the Beavers that Keenan Howry had. I, I just have to put Howry up there, I think. I think, I think maybe Jason Williams. Yeah, <laughs> you mean fuck it? <laughs> fuck it, yeah. <laughs> well, well, again, he was a guy. Sammy Parker. Sydney Parker, I think statistically probably is close to it. Yeah. All right. Speaking of Oregon football tradition, the 2022 Hall of Fame class was recently announced, and it is a star-studded class. Uh, Ernie Kent, somebody we already mentioned, uh, the 2010 Oregon football team as an entirety, which just gives me an opportunity to say this once again. Again, these shirts are 12 years old now, people. If you still have one of those 12 and 0 t-shirts, just throw it away. Just get rid of it. Like I hate seeing those t-shirts and now they're like 12 years old. Just get just get them out of here. Get them out Hold of on, here. Explain. Explain. Yeah, I, I thought you were going to go a whole the, different way. No, the 12 and 0 shirt, I absolutely hate it because we finished the season 12 and 1. <laughs> you can't well, put out shirts with your well, end of season yeah. record when you don't finish the season. <laughs> They were put out before the championship game. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's just my own weird little pulpit. This is just one yeah, thing that really fun. just rubs me the wrong way. It is like incredibly bad juju right before the championship game. Yeah. So what I'm saying, yes, this is exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> no, no, bueno. Uh, but also a uh, great group of great group of guys in that team uh, going into the Hall of Fame. Uh, I think it wasn't Nick Cody on that team, Twitter persona, so. Nick Cody. So he's, he's out there getting some love. Um, LMJ Barner. I mean, all those guys. So yeah. Really, he really played with, yeah. He played with them. So, yeah. yeah. And then um, a couple other entrants uh, from, Oh, did I already, I got rid of the article. Zach, you might remember what's uh, Ashton oh, Eaton's God. wife's name. I can't oh, remember Brian her name. Tyson Eaton. Yeah. That was awesome that she got into. I thought yeah. very, very cool. She's so great. that was the only other person I wanted to mention a couple others. Um, but make sure to go check out duckswire.com for the full article and you can get everybody that was uh, brought in for that hall of fame class and congratulations to, to those ducks. Absolutely. Um, it's so, interesting to do an entire football team. That's like, I know. like, like I JD mentioned earlier, weird. that's a lot of dudes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a lot of bench warmers just got in. Yeah, <laughs> I'm in the hall of fame. 
game. <laughs> but oh, I don't that's know. I'm, fantastic. I'm so pro Hall of Fame's not taking themselves too seriously. Yep. Considering it's like an imaginary club of like nonsense that I think we put like way too much stock into sometimes. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Ooh, okay. Oh. No, no, no. Oh. Let's hear it. Let's yeah, hear let, it. Well, I like it. It's like, so you've got the NBA Hall of Fame where everyone gets in. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the or basketball got, Hall of Fame. Well, you've got to get oh, an yeah, Olympic gold medal. Yes. Or, or like sell a shoe or the MO. So I think the NFL is perfect because I feel like they've got a good criteria where they they have a good amount of people in where MLB is too far on one side where they don't oh, let the people in that deserve in. So I think there's a sweet middle ground there somewhere. Um, I wouldn't say I think the NBA is too much, too many people or basketball hall of fame. Sorry, but yeah, I, I don't know. This is a conversation for a different day. I was, I'm not cool. prepared to, <laughs> to have this conversation right now. And I mean, talk about conversation for a different day, but I'm going to be very curious to see how the NFL hall of fame handles some of these dudes like Tyreek Hill that uh, have some issues outside of football, Antonio Brown, um, when it comes time to like, you know, where they decide to what level of gatekeeping they decide to hold tight, because that's like baseball. It's like I feel like baseball just aren't letting some guys in because they're dicks like Barry Bonds and like, you know, because the, the whole media? steroid thing is weird. Yeah, yeah you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it's going to be like the Hall of Fame question in a lot of sports is going to get even more interesting in the future. That's a good point. Well, yeah, I'm sure that no one in the NFL Hall of Fame already was a bad person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure everyone yeah. up until now is uh, squeaky clean. True I that. that take. Yeah. I applaud yeah. that take. Dude, the internet's it. exposed a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, a couple more uh, quick news points here before we get into the meat of the podcast, the reason why the people are here. Uh, Brooke Yenis, uh, one of my favorite softball players has entered the transfer portal. So unfortunate there for the university of Oregon program to be losing her. But again, this is, this is the nature of college sports. Now this is the nature of college sports. So wishing her all the best in her next adventure. And finally the mother of ducklings, she's doing it guys. She's doing it. She is balling out. Uh, I don't, I think this was last week. She was the Eastern conference player of the week. Correct. Uh, put up a triple double had a, was it a 27, eight and eight game where she shot 90%, something like that. Just unbelievable statistical achievements and, uh, currently sits fourth in the WNBA MVP odds at 20 to one. I kind of feel like that's a star grab. I think that's just like, they, is that off DraftKings? Shana, did you pull that off DraftKings? I think that's DraftKings being like, Oh, here's a name. She's playing really well because the Liberty themselves aren't playing all that great right now right so i don't know well, she's got a legit shot to win it but i think they're just trying to get some dead money the WNBA mvp is really a two-player race at this point it's brianna stewart and it's asia wilson uh yeah. they're nearing the halfway point in the season uh the commissioner cup is pretty much already set at this point so i mean while it's like uh, it's like how they always put russell westbrook kind of high in the mvp uh voting just because like he has like crazy stats it's it's similar to that um just where there's it's d- does she have a chance at winning mvp no she doesn't mm-hmm. but it, it is cool that she's being considered you know one of the best statistical players in the league and i do think the liberty are trending in the right direction i agree uh, i think that we're going to see if you want to take a screenshot of the standings right now in the WNBA, i think there's going to be some movement um, from what you see now until the end of the season with a lot of European players or players who were playing in Europe, I should say, not European players, 
uh, coming back into the league. I think you're going to see Dallas win a few more games in the upcoming weeks here. And I think the Liberty are going to be one of those teams too, where they've had some coaching changes and now they have a fully healthy Sabrina Unescu, which mm-hmm. we haven't really seen besides that first like week and a half of her rookie season before that, uh, that grade three ankle sprain that really held everything back. And then um, another player that I think is kind of digressed a little bit is Ruthie Hebert in Chicago. Um, they, they are winning some games. I think you're going to see them slide a little bit too, but uh, it's, I kind of want her to get in a spot where they're in like a rebuild mode. Uh, it'd be kind of nice to see her play on a worse team, honestly. Yeah. So you referenced the sky sitting at nine and four right now, uh, the Liberty at six and nine. Very nice. Um, the aces and the sun leading their respective divisions aces at 12 and two sun at 11 and a four. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see what DD Richards can bring to the Liberty. If she's able to get healthy and get back out there on the floor and see if they can make a little bit of a run. And uh, just in other random WMEA news, if you haven't checked out those Indiana Fever Stranger Things jerseys, do yourself a favor. Give that a Goog. Uh, some really, really cool jerseys there. Their normal jerseys are pretty cool, too. That's true. Yeah, that's true. And hey, look at those. Look at those Dallas Wings. Six and eight, you know, kind of on the come up here. I did not expect them to be having that good of a season. So good. For well, them. if you uh, if you gamble on the WNBA, which I highly recommend, look at Dallas anytime they're getting points. Uh, they're a team that is they are better than it shows in their record right now. Uh, Satu's only been back for a couple of weeks. She's currently out right now. I don't know if she's going to be playing in their next matchup, um, but they, they have a lot of firepower. They have a lot of interchangeable pieces, especially on defense. They have a lot of players who can guard multiple positions. And then Enrique Gungawale is one of the best scorers in the league. She will be for the rest of the season, top three scorer in my opinion. So they're a team that can hang with a lot of, a lot of teams. Um, I mean, they went toe-to-toe with the Las Vegas Aces the other day. Lost by a little bit down the stretch, but also didn't have Satu in that game, too. So, I mean, if you put Satu on the court, they were able to contain Asia Wilson. They were playing with a big lead early. They were up 16. So, they're a team that I think is actually going to make the playoffs and maybe surprise some teams, especially now with the the new playoff format where they get a three-game series in the first round instead of doing those Mm one-and-dones, which – is thank you WNBA. Yep, they're growing. You know, it's hap- it's good to see the WNBA continue to grow and uh, continue to refine the game. You know what I mean? And they're trying to they're figuring out what's working. And uh, please give us a team in Oregon. That's all I have. Yeah, to say. yeah. But check out uh, on TV. Check out those Liberty games at home, man. They're like they're packing that place out at Barclays. It's yep. it's a uh, it's cool to see that city's really behind that team. Very very cool. All right, it's time, gentlemen. <laughs> it's time. What's the oh? I can't do the UFC guy, his voice. It's time. Like, I just don't have that in my voice. Well, it's because he gets paid a lot of money just to have that voice. <laughs> I was thinking about that. Like, are you just like this little kid, like growing up? Anyway. Um, all right. So like we have Michael done. <laughs> yeah, we, we've done a randomizer here for our Oregon helmet all time draft. Shane is going to end up with the number one pick. I have the second pick. And Zach is on the wheel. We are going snake draft style. We're going to go four rounds. Um, So we're going to have 12 helmets in total drafted. I'm going to try to keep track over here. We're not just doing specific styles. We're opening it all up. It's different colorways, things of that nature. So get your Google fingers ready to Google things kind of as we're talking about, or head to duckswire.usatoday.com and check out an article that Zach put up. What was that about a month ago? about a month ago yeah yeah i just if you um 
just search, well, just search helmets. Search Oregon helmets. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, just it's, search it's an article with with all of the helmets the ducks have worn throughout the years. Yep. Um, and also a little bit of a plug this summer, I'm working on a all time jersey rankings for the Ooh. ducks, like ranking year by year and inside that year which jerseys were the best. So um, that's a big undertaking. I didn't wow, really that's a big realize project. how big yeah. of a project it was until I started, and then I'm like, well, I'm in it now. So uh, yeah, that'll come. TBD, but sometime <laughs> in the next couple of months, I hope. Good job, you. Yeah, wow. That's and a, we should that's also uh, take that USA Today article and post it with the episode when we put it up oh, on the yes. socials. Yep. Yeah, we'll throw Good it up idea. on the on the old Twitter machine at least in the replies to so give yep. people an opportunity to find it easily. All right. I'm so nervous. <laughs> this is <laughs> big. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna care way too much about getting the the helmets. Getting the one that you want. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I respect it. All right. The 1-1, Shane, first pick. So I'm going with a look that I and my friends deemed the Stormtrooper look. I'm not Ooh. sure um, okay. where, where what the official name for this is, but I'm going with the, the green O white helmet green face max look oh, that they okay. wore with the all white, white uniforms. It was also available on... Do you I know think what that year? Was like, oh, man. I think it was like LeGarrette Blunt era. Uh, okay. Um. Blah, blah, blah. It's. I know it's on. We're a going white, of green. O. Yep. I like mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think. It, I think it's clean. I like the. I just like the white version of helmets that schools that don't <laughs> usually wear a white helmet. Um. Yep. I just think oh, it's super sorry. clean, super classy. So I like I. it. It's. It's my favorite helmet by far. <laughs> I'd always switch it up with the different uniforms on the video game. White yep. helmet, yep. yellow. Yep. You know, green pads. Just white helmets are are just so so nice. I love mm-hmm. any team that has white helmets. Yep. I only have one white helmet on my on my list over here, but that was not one on my list. So I respect it. I do like that style. I do I can see LeGarrette Blunt running in yep. that helmet for sure. Um all right, good pick. Good pick. White with the green O. All right. My turn now with the one, two. Um, if you know anything about me, I like the brightness. I like those bright colors. Um, this was an easy slam dunk for me. I'm going yellow helmet and I'm going the silver wings, yes. the mm. silver yes. wings. Absolutely yes. love that look. Uh, was definitely one that I always used on the NCAA football. Those 14. are nice. I love those Oh, ones. so clean. I was almost always like the all yellow, just like blow it out. Give me the brightness. Give me the volt. So a little um, bit inside baseball question, but when we're ooh. talking about the face mask, was this the iteration where like the middle of the face mask was also silver and the outside like was yellow? Mariota era. Like, yeah, like I think that's the Mariota one that era. I was looking at. Yeah, I didn't pay okay. attention. Didn't pay a lot of attention to the face mask. I was looking mainly just at the 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 main helmet part, but I should have probably paid more attention to the face mask. Um, but yeah, that's <clears> that's my uh, second pick. That's my or excuse me, that's the second pick here in the first round. All right, Zach, for two now. I got the hot corner, and I got the top two picks that I really wanted. You got the one so you know. This is the happiest you've ever looked. So stoked right now. All right. Uh, I, I came into this thing, and there was a clear number one. Uh, apparently, we all disagreed on that. But my number one pick is the throwback uh, helmets we wore versus Washington in 2014. Damn. They were like the old yellow green and white stripe down the middle with the UO on the side. Uh, we did like the whole throwback uniforms. Um, I think those are like my favorite Oregon uniforms ever. 
Um, oh, wow. It was just, I think actually on the, the article that we're using um, for everyone to see, this is the, the main picture. It's those helmets. Um, obviously, because those are my favorite helmets ever. So I used them as the main picture. <laughs> Checks out. Perks yes, being the editor-in-chief, but... right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. No, I see it now. Yeah, that is a clean look. That's a and super so it was clean a, look. It was a callback to those were the helmets that they wore in 1984. Mm-hmm. Um, so they they just brought those back with those uniforms and uh, did it against Washington. I would love for us to go back to those uniforms at some point or just like bring that throwback back again. Um, I think it'd be wonderful. All right. I like it. I like it. All right. Okay. My second number pick, two or first pick. pick in the second round. First pick the second round. I'm going with the Ohana uniforms, the Ohana helmets, oh. uh, those black ones with the Damn. wings. It's like the woven pattern those. wings. It's got the, uh, the Southern cross constellation in stars, like on the helmet. Um, and those I've talked to some recruits and like those uniforms mean so much to like the Polynesian culture and like the Polynesian players, uh, because it really, it celebrates their heritage a lot. And, um, yeah, I just, I love those uniforms and those, those helmets particularly. I forgot yeah, you, about uh, those ones, man. Yeah. That's a great pick. The Hana hat. You took great my pick. two and four. Oh, <laughs> there right. we go. So next up for me, I'm oh, hold going. On, hold on, hold on. My pick, sir. Oh, my bad. My oh, bad. yeah. Yeah. I, I should have let you go. Should have let you go. See what you were <laughs> gonna give away there, but no. Um, all right. Um oh, do I do it? Oh. All right, I'm gonna go. I, I like the wings. I'm just I'm a sucker for the winged helmets. I really, really I'm so like happy those. They brought them back. Yeah, mm. so super stoked they brought them back. But I'm gonna go this time with the black helmet and the bright yellow wings. Oh, really, okay. really like that look. Um, I th- like it. Now I'm trying to remember what year it was, but I can't remember now. Black, yellow wings. Probably around like 2014 or 15, or maybe mm-hmm. the second wave of the wings, which is like 2018 or 19. Yeah, I think it. I think it was one of the earlier ones, but yeah, I just really love that look. I like the wings, and if you see, if you watch high school football at all, those wing <laughs> helmets are everywhere. Yeah, they're everywhere. There are teams all over the country that are copying those helmets for the from the Ducks, which is it's great. like the the new version of like the Green Bay Packers G. Like mm-hmm. that's just teams just use it all the time yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Did you know high schools have to pay colleges to be able to use those logos? Really? Yeah. Huh. When I worked at uh, Mesquite, we had to pay Kansas State like a <clears throat> small fee or whatever to use like the Wildcat look that they had on the helmet. I was like, that's kind of messed up that high school. But anyway, <laughs> it's a whole other conversation. Because uh, Willamette, when I was there, we had the Wisconsin W on the helmets and then USC's uniform design. Oh, but I don't know if like USC trademarks like the most bland uniform <laughs> ever, or if that's just like it's just free for everybody. Yeah. That's a good point. All right, Shane, you get back to back now. Go for it. Oh man, so I'm gonna go with the the first throwback UO helmet. Ooh. It doesn't have the stripe in the middle. Oh, that's yo. just the the yep. flat yellow. Uh, I mean, I just really like the look. I was going to go with the, the second throwback iteration. I like that a little bit more just churched up a little bit with the stripe in the middle, but it does. I also do like the simplicity of like the flat one color. It's a very clean look, a very simple look. 
And those were kind of like a matte style yeah. almost too, mm-hmm. weren't they? Yeah, like well, those. it's a it's a different color yellow too. It's a different shade of yellow. That's it's funny. Shade darker. and I, yeah, it's just a little bit darker. We did the exact same thing. I had both throwbacks on my list, and if I didn't get the 2014 one, I would have taken the other one. So nice, nice. And I believe that the other one was that like Masoli era that they wore those. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. that was Masoli and Blunt era. They wore them against Oregon State, I believe. Cool. Black, yellow. Yeah, yeah. No yeah, that that okay. sounds right. That does sound yeah. right. Yeah. Um, so for my next pick here, I'm gonna get a little weird with it. These are pretty controversial. I know oh, people no. don't like these that much. I oh, thought no. they were fucking genius. Oh no. I'm going with the duckbill. Oh, oh I hated them so much. I love them. I love them. Oh, I, no. I I know that I know that socks aren't a part of this either, but I absolutely <laughs> love the sock combination the only uniform that this team with millions of uniform combinations have ever come up with to actually look somewhat like a duck uh i think that they're funny i think they're goofy i think they're silly but i do think that they're cool (laughs) and i like that i like that they were just used that one time i hope that they get used every like that there's like a reiteration of these uniforms every like decade or so i think would be cool that game that we wore them in I think so. I'm pretty those sure were, we lost to like Washington State or something like that. Those were so controversial. I feel like you either loved those unis or absolutely hated them. They're just like I no middle ground. Absolutely one of the, the, the other side. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> when it was uh, there, I have a there was another goofy com- like uniform that I have on here that would be probably my probably end up being my honorable mention unless somebody else gets yeah. uses it here. But uh, mm. I was kind of picking between one of the two, and I want to make sure I got it in now. Oh, the duck bill. Duck bill. I like it. (laughs) I like it. Okay. All right, JD. All right. Oh, man, this is tough. So two picks left. Where do I want to go? Where do I want to go? This one might be a little controversial. I I liked this logo quite a bit. Um, I'm going to go the black helmet and the yellow combat duck. Oh, that was on oh. my list. Yeah. Um, again, I love the, the combat. Vernon right? Adams look. Yes, exactly. Yep. Yeah, that black-yellow combination. Uh, really, really liked that. And I, I didn't like the combat duck when they first brought it out on the helmets. I wasn't a huge fan, um, but it kind of it wore on me a little bit and kind of fell in love with them later on. So, yeah, we're going black so, helmet, yellow. I know we mentioned duck. earlier that you didn't look too much at face masks, but do you remember which face mask was on this? Because there was... They used the black and yellow combat duck, which was also the Dakota Pro Cop era. Mm, yeah, yeah. Which was oh, a yellow the face shoulder mask pads. With yeah, the yeah, with the wing. Pads. But uh, I think the one you want is the black face. The mask, black face mask. Vernon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Was, I think it was a picture Cop. of Vernon Adams that I was looking at yeah. actually. That was when they had like the they called it like the electric wings or whatever on the shoulder yeah. pads. So weird. Was, so yeah. busy. Yeah. So yeah. it was like make me tired just looking at them. Yeah, I was not a that generation of Oregon uniforms from like 2015 to 2017 uh, struggled a little there bit. Some, well, yeah, they were trying some different things in that area. They for really, sure. <laughs> yeah, they tried a lot of things. All right, Zach, back to back picks for you, sir. All right. Wow, I'm getting everything I wanted. <laughs> this is awesome. All right, my third pick, I'm going with the matte black with the pink. Oh, no. 
So when we, because we tried the the breast cancer awareness pink, mm-hmm. uh, I forget what year it was, and it we went. I won't mention the helmet, but then they tried it again a year later, and in my opinion, they really got it right because they didn't go too heavy with the pink. They used it as an accent color, so this was matte black helmet. I believe it was silver wings, and then a pink O right on the back, and they on the back, pink num- mm-hmm. yeah, pink numbers on the black jerseys. It was a Mariota Mariota helmet. Um, I just, yeah, I love this helmet so much. Yep. I think it's See, very it was, clean. It was on I'm, my glad, list. I'm glad you brought that one up because I think this is an interesting conversation with what we're doing here. I like the all pink helmets with the, the black O, but I thought it looked goofy with the rest of the uniform. It did because there was still yellow in the uniform mm-hmm. and it just clashed. Yeah, and it, I just, it looked like they were wearing two different uniforms at the same yep. time where the Completely second agree. one, I don't think I really liked. I mean, the, the helmet, isn't that isn't that much different you know what i mean mm-hmm. it just has a pink o on it's it but it kind of just pink. looks like but i thought mm-hmm. the entire uniform was a lot better so yep. it's like I, I just feel like they really swung and missed on like a cool idea with the first one and just didn't go yep. like a hundred percent into it where the exactly. second one they're like all right let's put pink in yep. all over let's make it match that's why i was saying i think the first time they had a really good idea and the second time they just they perfected it and i Poor think execution. that's one yeah. of my favorite favorite oregon uniforms i used to go to this restaurant when i lived in hawaii that was i can't remember the name of it it was a brewery and it was like 40 <laughs> minutes from where i live so it was a bit of a trek but the people who owned it were from eugene and they had just duck gear all over the place and they had one of those pink helmets the all pink helmets sitting there and i would just sit there and look at it and like the more i stared at it the more i just liked that the pink helmet but then they'd show like there was pictures of them wearing it and i was just like what a goofball thing to do to just put a pink <laughs> yeah. helmet on the uniforms they were going to wear anyways well this was also the era of like college colleges weren't really doing that much with uniforms they weren't really like making crazy moves and so when oregon just came out with like these bright pink pepto-bismol helmets it was like whoa like, <laughs> this is a lot and so I, I think they might have bit off a little bit more than they could chew that first year. But yeah, like we said, they, they ended up getting it right. All right. You get two, Zach. What's your second one? So this is my final pick, right? Yep. Final pick. Final pick is hard. There's a lot of good helmets left on the board. I know. Well, there's, there's two that I'm debating on and they're kind of the same helmet, but I don't want my pick to count for two because they're a little bit different, but <laughs> I think one of the most classic Oregon helmets was the 2010 Rose Bowl against Wisconsin. The all chrome, chrome wings. They were so shiny down there in Pasadena. The chrome domes. um, And funny story, actually, like the Ducks almost weren't allowed to wear those helmets. They almost had to wear their practice helmets that that year because they were so bright and they were like blinding the other team. Um, but yeah, when I, when I think of like classic Oregon helmets, I think those Chrome ones are among my favorites. Um, should I, can I talk about the other ones that are kind of related? Let's wait till we do. Should I wait? Yeah, we'll do honorable mention. Yeah. I want to do honorable mention. And then I want one of, I want all of us to come up with our worst helmet or our least favorite helmet too. Okay. Um, all right. My pick, uh, I'm taking the Pepto-Bismol's. I really liked the Pepto-Bismol's. Um, it, <clears throat> this was the pick that I wanted in the fourth round. I'm glad it's still here. I'm glad nobody took it. I'm kind of the same as Shane. When you first saw him, it's kind of like, Ooh, 
especially with that uniform combo. But if you just look at the helmet by itself, mm-hmm. I almost wish that the the black O did have a, like a tiny yellow, like a yellow outline almost on it would be the only like correction I would make. You know me, throw more bright colors in there, baby. Let's go. But um, <laughs> that would have been really, interesting. I'm trying yeah. to like, I'm trying to see trying it to in my visualize mind. It like a little not, bit. It's not working. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know that there's a disease where people, certain people aren't able to like visualize images in their heads? Really? Just read about that the other day. Total trip. Anyway, huh. random. But yeah, give me the Pepto-Bismols. I really like it. Um, I think what they were trying to do, like you were saying, Zach, I mean, coming out, doing something brand new, you know, a football team really supporting uh, breast cancer awareness and just buying all in with the all pink. Um, I really liked them. So I dig the Pepto-Bismols. All right, Shane, bring yep. it home for us, bud. Last pick in the draft. I think I'm going to have to go... With the dark green wings, the on uh, which base? The the ones that were, it was like almost all green. Oh, the um, I know which one. I know which one you're talking about. I think like the, think the forest green, the attack forest green. green yes, yes, yeah. exactly. Um, I think there was a picture of it in your article. So it was like Probably. forest green on green, basically. Yeah, yeah, the those are recent too. Yeah, the one with the helmet. Oh, oh, those ones. I yeah. see what you're saying. Yep. Okay. Where it's kind of like the 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 green on green wings, I guess I should yep. say. The two different I think the, the wing itself is a little bit darker than the rest of the helmet. Will you check that article and tell me what year that was? I think it should say up near the top of that section. I'm just writing them down for when I do this later. That I think is... it was like 2012. During the peak of Chip Kelly Ducks Probably 2011 to 2015, 2011. wings take flight. Nice. Um thank you. No problem. Um, but yeah, I like that one. I like I've, I've always thought that, you know, the coolest thing about these Oregon uniforms and the helmets is the versatility. And I like that you can use that one with the light green. You can do that one with the white uniforms. You can match it up with the dark pants. You can do it with an all yellow uniform. So, I mean, it just I and especially I like it when we lean into our primary colors a little bit more. How over the years, like black has kind of taken over as one of the most common uniforms, which I like and dislike at the same time (laughs) (laughs) yeah but yeah i think that one i mean it's there's a few here i mean when it come down to my last pick when we started this i was like all right the world's my oyster then my last pick here i was like man there's still so many good ones on here still so many yeah i mean the one that i was kind of thinking about as my secondary goofy pick was the carbon fiber with the yellow O that they wore in the national championship that was on my list too that was those are special ones yeah that one i'm like uh, was had they, when Oregon came on the scene for a lot of mm-hmm. people, and but they wore those carbon fibers, and that was yeah, those were really good ones. Had they had more success with the carbon fiber, that would have probably yep. been my number one. <laughs> oh, <that> would have <laughs> helped, yeah. But those are yeah, those are classic Oregon uniforms because no one was doing carbon fiber, and no. they didn't really even know what carbon fiber was until they did those. So, well, then we did carbon fiber the one time with like we the normal O. And it was like, oh yeah, it was like, okay, this is cool. And then that in the national championship game, it was that like the lime yellow, green, that neon, they, yeah. And then they kind of the accent colors on the rest of the uniform, which I thought was a yeah. dope look. I mean, they definitely won that game coming out of the tunnels. Yes, rest the rest of the game on the field wasn't exactly the same I mean, way. They ninety seven percent won the game. <laughs> <laughs> It's that damn three percent. The rest oh, took over the rest geez. of that percent. Oh, man. Yeah. Anyway, oh, I think uh one of mine that I'm really surprised didn't get taken. You mentioned the stormtrooper helmet or the uniforms, but the actual the white on white 
those I, I'm yes. kind of surprised mm. that those didn't get taken either. I really like that look. I also same vein. I had the white with the uh, silver wings that we wore down in USC when we did the Storm LA. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was like 2012. Um, but yeah, those are some of my favorites. Uh, the other one that was close to the last one, the Rose Bowl one I took, was also the Chrome Rose Bowl ones we won or we wore when Herbert won the Rose Bowl. Mm. And when the uh, that LA sunset turned the sky pink and then it kind of turned those helmets pink for like 10, 15 minutes, like that was just the coolest phenomenon. So, right. Um, I, I had those cool. on the list as well as like circumstantially, like, yes. had that sunset not been so dope. I oh, didn't yeah. Love them. <laughs> I mean, they're yeah. cool. They were, de- they were definitely like, I didn't, I don't have a problem with them. They're not on no. my, on my shit list at all. But no, when, but you, the way... when you see that picture of Herbert where it's like the pink helmet, you know, but how that game ended up, it's like, yes, those are, mm-hmm. those are I remember dope. like watching that game at work too. And I was like, dude, do they, are they wearing different helmets? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh shit. No, it's just reflecting off the sky. Yeah. It's a dope yeah. sunset. All right. What's your least favorite helmet the ducks have ever worn? Can I go first? Yeah, go ahead. Please. Foots. The web foots. Yep. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely up there for me. I'm taking the Lewis and Clarks. Yep. Those Ooh, are up there. Yeah. Those were those yep. are bad. Those are really bad. I don't I don't know that mine has a name, but do you remember? I think it was Vernon Adams era. They had the bright yellow ones with like the flying duck. The flying duck. Down the that was the other one. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh what a, yeah. And that's where they were like the camo green, like digital camo green. Oh, those were. Yeah, terrible. those were very militarized, military. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I think I we really picked like the worst it. three. I think if you did a poll of duck fans, I think those three helmets would probably get the yeah. uh, the most votes for these. See, I bet I bet you duck bill would be up there. I bet it would I'm be. Sure, it would. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> sure, it would. <laughs> I love it. All right, so that is the draft. Uh, Zach, like you mentioned, is going to do a write up on this and put it up on DucksWire.USAToday.com. So check that out. I'll also just try to post our results here uh, as much as I can describe them on our Twitter. So be on the lookout for that fun exercise, guys. That was really fun. Yes. Do you guys have any desire to have a helmet in your house? Like, I know that's a big deal for a lot of duck fans that really want like a, like a helmet as I just, I'd maybe do like a mini one. You know what I mean? But yeah, I don't think I want to pay and like get a big one. I wouldn't turn one down. But it was free. Yeah. Oh, be yeah, like absolutely. searching 100%. for one. You yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've like, uh, like Duck Dial and some of those guys on like Instagram and stuff that sell stuff. I've players trunk. Uh, I've always like, oh, cool. And then I'm like, oh, $800. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. For something like, I'm not going to wear it. I guess actually, maybe I would. right right i had one yeah right circumstance right game (laughs) you guys have a favorite like era of helmet slash uniform i think just the wings just the i really actually another one that didn't get picked that i'm kind of surprised was the multicolored wings Mm -hmm. like the silver with the green and yellow on there i just again the so iconic taking high school football by storm um, and it was something brand new, something that hadn't really been yeah. done before. So I think that the ducks, I think those winged helmets were just overall. And that's why I was so curious about how you guys wanted to do this, because I think if we just did like style, those oh, probably would the, have been off. Yeah. The, yeah 100%. Oh yeah. Wings are the first one. Off the yeah. Down, I think so too. All of the best ones had wings on them. Yeah. Yep. I think my era, my favorite era might be the, O. just like the, just and, the, Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I like the I like the white helmet with the O, like the black helmet with the yellow O, the yellow mm-hmm. helmet with the black O. I think all of those were really cool. And that was kind of like the at least for me, the start of like the multi-helmet, multi-uniform kind yeah. of 
look well that was video games too that was the video that's true that's probably the biggest uh that's funny my answer is gonna combine your two because they did the o they did just the wings but then they started doing the o on the back of the helmet with the wings it's like i thought that was just the best of both worlds so i thought that was that was really cool having the logo on the back of the helmet too is fucking cool. because i've i've long said that like my favorite helmets aren't just like your team's logo on the side of the helmet it's you know something to reflect the team Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then that like you said zach that's like put on the back is like being you know yeah against the grain yeah i'm so mad i didn't think of the ohana helmets i'm so mad at myself that's so that's that's the ohana helmets number two yeah yeah i I probably had a top four coming in and i got all top four that's good (laughs) (laughs) i love it That's good stuff right there. All right, gentlemen. So that is our draft. Uh, let's just jump into three questions. America's can, favorites. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, Zach. No, three questions. Can I go first? Because one of mine's a uniform topic that Ooh, we're okay. kind of already talking about. So yeah, perfect. let's go down the list. So you're, you're top for my, uh, my Zoom board over here. So we'll go you, okay, me, perfect. and then Shane. So yeah, hit us, Zach. So we've kind of already talked about it, but we didn't give like definitive <laughs> answers. What are your guys' least favorite Oregon uniforms of all time? Like what are the worst jerseys where you're just embarrassed to look at them? I'd say the web, be the, the, the web foots. Yeah. Okay. Wow. All of us say the web foots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I liked Why them were at we the up time? there looking like cow? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I liked the homage terrible. to like the traditional, like whatever, but now over time it's just yeah it's it's look like a fucking state flag dude it's ridiculous yeah yeah. i just i just think it they had so many things going for them at the time too it was like (laughs) oh what are they gonna do and it's almost like yeah (laughs) well then a a close number two for me would be the duck bills i hate those uniforms (laughs) why are we putting orange in our uniforms you know who our, our little brother is? Come on. Because they look like ducks. Well, we don't want to look like ducks. We want to look like good football players. Well, I mean, <laughs> clear out here and let you guys they, just go. <laughs> they are like the ducks, not the Oregon we've good got football a, players. We've got a mascot <laughs> for a reason. We don't need to be dressing up like our mascot. But that's the cool Robo part duck. about it. You know what I mean? Is like, is bring back Robo Duck. I, I think it would be cool <laughs> if, like, you know, Michigan made a uniform to actually look like Wolverines. I mean, it Do might you? be a little bit harder to pull up. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> so cool they like glued little like. You want Wisconsin? Badgers you don't glue anything on the top. Stuff, there wasn't like, like there wasn't feathers on the. We helmet. had a fucking like, orange face mask. Exactly. Yeah, you feathers get like on the, teeth on the cool. face mask or something. Oh my god. You know, you do right. things to resemble a duck. You don't like you know you don't wear like fur or anything. I but love you this so much. You still, you could like, oh, uh, what's another, like, what would be another good one? Like a Trojan, just, dress up as a Trojan. Yeah, the Trojan. <laughs> if Wisconsin looked like dressed up more like their, like their uniform look, like black, white top helmets, the, like the sweater-ish, like looking uniforms. I would hate it. No, I'm in the well, middle on this. I'm not, I don't these have aren't very. For, these see, aren't so, for you, so what if, <laughs> what if USC came out with a jersey that like looked like armor, like one of those like leathers like i think it'd be terrible i actually think the trojans would be an example of something that could look pretty cool because you could do i think it would look cooler than what they normally wear i mean their uniforms are pretty whack in my opinion how would you do a bruin how would you look like a bear see a bear would be see but the bear their mascot literally dresses up in their jersey though that's true so it's hard that's a good point yeah what's a cardinal 
Anyway. Um, <laughs> all right, so, all right. What, what, what did you think about Oregon State's helmets when they had like the beaver teeth thing when it was white in the in the front to make it look like beaver teeth? I guess I didn't really notice that that's what they were going for, but I didn't hate it because the ducks have had that multicolored face mask too. So I, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just, that was kind of a a low point in Oregon football already just for how good we were. And then we tried to just like do something too cool in my mind, like trying to be too fancy. And I'm pretty sure we lost that game. And it was just like, what are we doing? Like we're, this is not what made us good we got good and our uniforms like kind of helped. Like we made our uniforms good, not the other way around. So do you dislike the uniform or is it like the it's idea behind it's the whole it? package? It's I don't like the uniforms at all. I hate that we had, <laughs> I hate that we had orange socks and an orange bill and we're out there trying to look like Daffy duck. So not I think Daffy duck, Donald duck. Sorry. I think and this would be a question. Help. Yeah. Did you guys yeah. ever play mascot mode? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I, I was thinking Zach you might say no. It. Yeah, I thought Zach <laughs> was going to say no. No, because it was the mascots out there playing. It was people dressed up like the mascots in their jerseys. <laughs> so All it was right, moving on. The Duckbill <laughs> was 2016. That was 2016 where they wore the, okay. uh, the Duckbills. And it was. What was our. Yeah. What game was that? I'm trying to. Yes, it's an orange bill. Da, 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 da. Oh, it's not going to tell me. All right, I don't want to do you okay. anymore. Let's move on. Whatever. Right. Your second question, Zach. Go for it. Okay, all of my questions, other than that first one, are kind of like topical in the sports world. So okay. uh, we touched on this a little bit earlier, but um, I'm curious if you guys have followed along with the Live Golf, the LIV Saudi Arabia Tour. Um, mm-hmm. What's going on there? People taking hundreds of millions of dollars to go play in this. If I may say so myself this kind of sham league where there's no real competition it's all a money grab um if you were like a good golfer coming out of college and they offered you 10 million dollars to go play what would you do because i'm kind of i'm kind of torn on this whole idea i would i would kind of refer back to what john rom said the other day about on the PGA tour, you're competing against history and to win the Memorial or to win the Arnold Palmer, or, I mean, you know, obviously a major means Mm -hmm. something right now. If you win on the live tour, nothing means anything besides financial and monetary gains Mm -hmm. Um, on top of, I mean, we don't really go too far into this on the podcast, but you know, Saudi Arabia has some, uh, some things going on over there yeah. uh, as they, you know, murdered some journalists who, you know, oppose mm-hmm. some of what's going on in their country. So you're already kind of dealing with blood money as it is. Yeah. It's, it's sports washing. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And they've mm-hmm. even kind of admitted that. Yeah. And I mean, I, I can't remember who made this point. Uh, I think it was somebody I was talking to that, like, you know, this league could also fold pretty easily. And yeah some of these guys who jumped over to the Saudi league and, you know, didn't get like the, the, the um, like the Dustin Johnson treatment who, you know, got like yeah. p- 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 paid, but like, you know, th- this could tarnish the rest of your career. I mean, yeah. if, if a suspension on the PGA tour was upheld, if they want to be really, you know, tight wads about this, they could suspend you for potentially the rest of your career. Mm-hmm. And if that league were to fold, then what do you do? 
I do think it's interesting that the majors operate independently though. So they get yep. to make their own decisions as opposed to the PGA tour. So that's, but I'm going to, I'm going to answer your question with a question, Zach, because I heard them kind of spin it like this when I was listening to the press box podcast uh, through the ringer. Mm-hmm. If you guys don't listen to that pod, go listen great to podcast. great podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, what if they offered you 10 million to go cover it? <sighs> Would you be a journalist that would be willing to go over there and like embed yourself in it and cover the sport? Cause it's, I mean, I'm not a golfer. I'm a terrible golfer. So it's, it's easier for me to kind of put myself like in a podcaster or like a writer type of um, mindset there. And that, even that's a tough question, right? Because it, it is a news story. Yeah, it's absolutely. And, and it's a news story. It's a human story. So well, part of me would the- like to say no, but $10 million is a lot of money, man. Well, the question there is, are, are the Saudis giving me the $10 million so I have to go and kind of obey their rules and cover it how they want me to? Or do I have to go and can I point out some of the shitty stuff that's going on over there and, and be a good journalist doing that? Because yeah. those are two different answers. I think it's kind of implied that you have to follow along with their, yeah. with their story. Right. So that's where <clears throat> well, it comes. It's really hard. <laughs> can we also just throw out there that Saudi Arabia, like weed and alcohol are illegal? <laughs> i mean does so, that change anybody's answer that changes mine <laughs> i don't think that's what's stopping me I'll be uh, <laughs> that's throwing a roadblock in there for me that's for sure on top of so, like you know some other stuff but yeah i've looked at it because same way you will about whether golf is the hardest sport or not, that's a, a different conversation, but golf is one of the hardest sports to be a professional and to be a, a successful player at, because you have to go through Q school and the corn Ferry tour and all of these kind of, it's kind of like baseball in that sense where it's so few of the people who go pro actually make it to the PGA tour. And so if you're one of these 23 year old kids, who's a plus handicap golfer. So Solman Raza and the guy from Oregon who, yep. who won the championship, He's playing on the PJ Tour Latin America right now. He has been for a couple of years. I've talked to him about it. And I mean, it's it's tough. It's a grind. He's making just enough to get by and to get to the next tournament and, and all of that. If LIV came out to him and said, hey, here's $10 million. Come over here and play for us. What's stopping him from doing that? Because let's be real. I love Solmon, but the path for him making it up into the PGA tour right now may not be the, not be the brightest future, you know? Yeah. And so if I'm in his position, like I would really think about it. And I, I want to say that there's a, a path where I could take a lot of that money and give it to charity and, and do something, but like at something least get some type of financial future for myself and my family. But it's, it's a really interesting conversation. I, yeah, that's a great point, Zach. Um, just all the good you could do, you know, the impact that you could have with that, with that amount of money. But it's, uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's a fascinating conversation to say the least. Yeah. I There's feel like we could, uh, we're going to turn around and be like, I don't want that money. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. It, yeah, I feel totally. like we could go on this for another hour. So let's, <laughs> let's jump, could. let's jump all to right. your next question, Zach. This is a, a much easier answer. <laughs> yes or no. Uh, will the Celtics win a ring with this group? No, you don't think so? No uh define with this group uh with the core of marcus smart uh tatum and brown no no you don't think so no i think smart gets traded yeah well i think brown i don't think you're winning a championship with brown as your second best player i think you need i I, really down on brown he really is well he just watch the highlight so how many they were what 16 turnovers 
a game was like their their threshold for basically being good or not. And yeah. he's dribbling the ball off his foot like four times a game. So they're the they're the best team that can't dribble. Mm-hmm. But with that, <laughs> I amazing. mean, Jason Jason Tatum set a playoff record for turnovers. Yeah. So are you not taking Jason Tatum either? Have a hundred, more than a hundred turnovers in a postseason. Yeah. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown's turnovers look much different, though. Uh, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum's turnovers are coming when he's being double teamed and blitzed. Jalen Brown has turned the ball over just not being a basketball player. Go back and watch the tape. I, I watched the tape, baby. <laughs> I watched it. All right. Well, all right watch let's... watch Jalen Brown's turnovers. Just go back and look at his turnovers, even last night. They're no, uh, he's driving atrocious. into the teeth. I mean, but I think there's also complicating factors here. I don't think Tatum's healthy. You know, I think there's something going on there. Nobody's healthy in the finals. Uh, yeah, no, that's a good point. That's a good point. No, I just going back to the original question, though, I think I, if if you're Boston, you've got to move either Brown or smart. I think this offseason for a real point guard, you need somebody um, on that team. I mean, do you call the Rockets and see what John Wall's up to? Oh, and you're kind of opening yourself up to a lot of different. Um, <laughs> I don't know, but I, I think that Boston could be uh, a team that could attract the right players in free agency that kind of put them over mm-hmm. the hump. Um, I mean, if Marcus Smart, you know, and Derek White are turned into like, uh, you know, another piece, you know, which one of those, I don't really know. I mean, even like I thought them going after a player like Christian Wood until he got traded to Dallas would have been a cool idea um, to have like a big that can score and kind of alleviate some of the pressure by going inside. Cause where I really liked Boston offensively this year is when they would put Brown and or Tatum on, on kind of the extended wing and let them go, go to work with their back to the basket. Um, Tatum. I think, I think Tatum deserves a lot more of the blame, especially for the praise that he got over the yes, years. Yeah, I, uh, I think that the whole him versus KD conversation got like really hyperbolic really quickly and I think that when we saw this, it was kind of like, okay, you know, we wouldn't have seen this from, from a Kevin Durant in the finals, just to have him just go completely, you know, invisible there in an elimination game. Cause it was almost so, like there was a certain point where I was like, huck up some bad shots, dude, do something, you know, like, yeah. just make yourself known. So Shane, before the before we started recording, you threw out uh, Jalen Brown and picks for Dame. I do you think that. Oh, I threw that out. Yeah. You think that that gets them over the hump and you think they can contend? I think Damian Lillard on that Celtics team, I think they're uh, a better championship contender than they are right now. Damian Tatum, that's fun to think about. It's Mm -hmm. really fun to think about. And then you keep smart as kind of your your perimeter defender there. You you turn the keys over to Dame and you let him actually become that point guard. Do we put uh, Pritchard in that trade to get him back in Portland? I think so. Why not? I think I think Why so. Not? I think he's yeah. You at least he's got to. You at least float it out there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's it's Brown, it's Pritchard, and I mean you'd have to have some other salary filler in there. It might even have to be. Well, they're not going to get rid of Horford now, but you'd have to have some other kind of big contract in there to make it work. But in Portland, I don't think I want Horford. No, it seems no, like when he not. he seems kind of like a, a player that when he gets outside of Boston just doesn't really feel it. Well, mm-hmm. and the unfortunate thing for the Celtics, I mean, Kemba Walker was the player you needed. You know, Kemba yeah. Walker, if he's healthy, makes this team yeah. even better. So I think that that that's that's the unfortunate part is they had some of the right pieces, it just didn't work out for him. So um, I've actually got some more basketball talk later on. So we'll we'll get back. Well, to that. I'm done with my questions. So. I was going to okay. say it's it's your question. Sure. All right. Well, I'm going to save the, <laughs> that one for the end. But random. So I've been watching a lot more baseball this season, right? 
So if you guys were an MLB baseball player, what style of pant and sock are you going with? Oh, well, you... I think about this all the time. <laughs> like, what would I personally wear? Yeah, like, what are you rocking? Are you going like baggy pants? Are you going like the the knee high with the tall socks? Are you going? I'm going knee high tall socks. I'm going with the I'm going with the pants just past the knee, so mm-hmm. where it's going about like three fourths, and then yep. you can, and then it's like got a little bit of bagginess up in the um, high thigh region. I'll, I'll just say that. And then, uh, you know, it pulled down tight to the sock, like by, by the knee. Yep. Yep. Cause I think guys who wear the pants all the way to the bottom look like fucking morons. <laughs> all right. Well, call me a moron. Cause I'm, going <laughs> <laughs> you're going I'm full like Jason Giambi yeah. pants. Uh, I'm the baggy like sweats out there. Okay. Like, oh joggers, man. Like, not all like right. loose, loose, but like I'm wearing long pants. No, I'm going, I'm going kind of similar to what Shane was talking. I'm going with the Mookie Betts look mm-hmm. where it's like, yeah, it's at the knee. It's a little bit of a baggy, but I mean, even a tennis ball, that's what I'm rocking basically out yeah. there. It was like the, the knee one. So that's... I basically look like I would go head to toe what either JP Crawford or Fernando Tatis Jr. wear because they wear the exact same stuff. It really is. But I would, that would be my look from like head to toe. Okay. All right. All right. I like it. I like it. All right. I like that question. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, okay. So yesterday they announced the host cities for the 2026 World Cup that is going to be taking place here on the North American continent. On a scale of one to 10, what is your guys' interest in the 2026 World Cup here in the United States? Three. I'm interested to watch it. But mm-hmm. like, I will not be traveling anywhere to see it. Mm-hmm. But like, when it was, when was the last time it was on? It was twenty eighteen. Mm-hmm. I think it was. Mm-hmm. I did love getting up every morning and just like throwing some money on those games and just like watching it. You know, it's it's fun when you do that. But it's no, great like, TV. It's really I can't really say great I'm a TV. big enough soccer fan to travel anywhere to see it. So yeah, I'd say like maybe a, if that puts me like a five. Okay. All right. All Probably right. like a four or five. I'll I'll watch. I won't do any like homework or anything. <laughs> um yeah, I don't know. Every year in the World Cup starts, I don't really care. It gets going. I gain interest. It is yeah. like you said, it's it's great TV. Having wa- watching people give that much of a shit about something <laughs> is cool. Uh I'm not big on like I don't know, putting too much of like your personal representation into like your country. But I do think it's cool when people like give more of a shit than just like on the normal teams. I don't know. Well, once it gets past the group stage too, I think it's, it's really fun. Once it gets the the actual knockout round, but the group stage gets so confusing. Like, Oh, I was going to say this team or they tie or they draw or it's like, all right, just just tell me when it, when it matters. I never fully understand the group stage. I'm like, Oh, (laughs) this next team loses out. And then they're like, Oh no, they tied. So you got enough points. And it's like, what? They lost, (laughs) but they won by six. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So I'm, I'm probably like a seven, like I already looked up like Seattle and Vancouver dates and like, kind of was like oh. peeking around. I don't know if I would be able to afford to like go to a game because tickets are ridiculously expensive, Really, but yeah. I think like being in the pavilion, like being around it, it, like I kind of equate it to like the Olympics. Like, I just think it'd be a cool environment to immerse yourself into just to experience it and see, see what it's like. I mean, we talk about 
you know, how football games are crazy and stuff like that. But um, I think Shane, I think you commented on it, but I put that picture up of a, a basketball league, like over in Europe somewhere where they had like a fire going. It's just, dude, those like pyrotechnics, like yeah. behind the hoop, that was insane. <laughs> I just, I think getting into more of that, uh, that infectious, crazy kind of environment, I think that'd be really fun. So yeah, I'm, I'm like a seven. I'm not all in. I can't tell you like the starting 11 right now for the men's national team or something like that. I can um, name one player. I do think it's going to be interesting to have them and England in the same group. So that'll be kind of, that'll be kind of fun kind of battling out there, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm about a seven. So there's, yeah, it's going to be Seattle and Vancouver. And then I think, I think it was San Francisco, San Francisco or LA. One of the two. Yeah. So they did, they gave some of the West coast a little bit of love. So that's what got me a little excited. All right. You ever look up the, uh, the rules for the North Korea basketball league. Speaking, We've talked about this before. All right, cool. I bring it up all the time. So I know really it sure is insane. It. Yeah. You're listening and you've never yeah, Google that. Just check that out. It's a, it's some Jeff Van Gundy rules out there for sure. Um, <laughs> this is a question that I'm really excited for. So Steph Curry won his fourth title last night. LeBron or Steph who's had the better influence on the game of basketball. Okay, I'm going to ask a question about that question. Okay, all right, all right. By influence. I know I'm in enemy territory here, too. So, are you saying, I guess. Everything. It's on the court, off the court, the way the game is. I mean, because we can all agree that the game of basketball has changed over the last 15 years. Pretty dramatically. So, I'll, I'll say this. This will be kind of my my long-winded answer is as refing youth basketball, right? Mm-hmm. So when LeBron was the coolest player on the planet, kids wanted to do certain things. They would like, like, I mean, the, the want to like dunk and just do like cool passes, a lot of like jumping and doing stuff. When that kind of shifted of to Steph Curry, well, <laughs> flopping doesn't really happen as much as, but I mean, I guess, I guess a little bit. I mean, yeah. I guess I did see a little bit more of it then. Um, but there's just the coordination level is, I mean, they're trying not to run into each other as is. I mean, we're talking like fifth and younger, fifth grade and younger. So then when Steph became the coolest player, everybody started shooting from half court. They literally had to change the rule to where three-pointers were an automatic turnover because the game was actually really? getting dangerous because there was just like these wild air balls and like kids were just getting like, if you're under the hoop <laughs> boxing out, you're in the fucking danger zone. So, I never thought about that before. Oh my yeah. God. And like, and like step backs and stuff became like, like what you'd see like in like layup lines, like everybody's like doing step backs and just shooting the ball, just like, like a shotgun, just like, like <laughs> I mean, just it's going anywhere off the side of the backboard. So, I mean, like influence is an interesting <laughs> question. That's why I phrased it that way. Yep. Because no. uh, I think as far as like the youth sports level, I think LeBron had a more positive impact on the way kids were playing the game as far as their personal development. Mm-hmm. But I also do think it's cool that, you know, shooting threes became the cool thing instead of like dunking at the same mm-hmm. time, because we can all go out there and work on shooting threes. You know, I'm never going to be athletic enough to dunk on a consistent basis. It's just not a thing. My hands are too small. <laughs> I have to dunk like Jimmy Butler with two hands. It means you got to jump an extra couple inches. You notice that? You ever seen Jimmy Butler dunk with one hand? No, you haven't. 
<laughs> so I love it. My answer to this question is based on what you think of player mobility. Mm, because I think that LeBron changed the game, whether you think it's good or bad, I think he changed it in a major way because he made it more acceptable for players to decide where they want to go in their career and what they want to do with their own future. Mm -hmm. I personally think it started out as a really good thing where players could choose where they wanted to be. We've seen some people take advantage of that with like James Harden and Anthony Mm -hmm. Davis forcing their way out of places. Maybe Zion does the same. We'll see. It's like, it's kind of, that's the NBA now is that if you're even the slightest bit unhappy, you can just stop playing and and throw a wrench in, in the whole franchise, you know? But I think that Steph, Steph changed the game more on the court because of his shooting. I know there's a, a negative drawback to that, like what Shane was saying, but I think it's also opened up the game more because it's allowed players that weren't maybe going to be as successful it's given them a path to play now so i think that he's probably had a more positive impact on the game um if we're talking about who is the better player it's a different conversation but i think that steph probably has a better impact on the game just because he's opened it up for that many more people also lebron has changed what superstars can do I'll answer it this way. I think Steph has had a bigger impact on the game. I think LeBron had a better impact on the game. Interesting. Interesting. So what made me think about this is last night I recorded an LYL pod and just thinking about, you know, the impact that the Warriors themselves have had on basketball, right? You know, a team that's that's homegrown for the most part, you know, bringing in Wiggins and a couple other pieces, uh, players that have stayed there for a long time, battled through adversity, did just bounce at the first opportunity, but they've also been empowered by the Golden State organization and, and been given the bag. I was right? going to so, say they have an owner that was willing to spend the exactly, money. Exactly, exactly. And so they, Steph and LeBron, I mean, it's, it's a very interesting conversation from that standpoint off the court too, right? Because they both represent different ways to do it. You know, the homegrown, stay home, do your thing. And then LeBron with the whole player empowerment, I'm going to be a mercenary. I'm going to kind of make this more like soccer where, Hey, I want to go here this year. I want to go there that next year, you know, transfer me here, that kind of a thing. And that's, that's up to your own personal interpretation, whether you think that's good or bad for the game. I have my own pretty strong personal feelings about it, but I do, I see both sides of it because you have to put yourself in a position where your owner is, or excuse me, your governor is, um, giving you your, your truth deserve, you know, and actually, and actually empowering you from a financial standpoint also, but then well, there also is the on, Oh, go ahead, Shane. Oh, no, I was, I'll let you finish that, uh, finish that idea. And I was just going to say, and then on the court, I think, I mean, we all know I'm not the biggest LeBron fan. And I think that some of the way he plays the game and the way that he just tries to, to bully he plays bully ball. You know, he's like, he's the epitome of bully ball. And that's just not entertaining basketball to me. That's not fun basketball to watch throwing yourself into other bodies and just powering through the paint. And just because you're bigger, I don't know. It's just, it's, I guess some of that is also like, I'm a six foot white guy. I can't do that. You know what I mean? And so it's, I, I appreciate the other aspect of it too, with like Shane was saying, anybody can go work on their three pointer. So it's kind of open the game up. Like, is Peyton Pritchard an NBA player 15 years ago? 
Well, 15, I mean, right? 15, no, 20, yes. <laughs> right. So yeah, it's kind of right. that little window, right? <laughs> and so <clears throat> just opening more opportunities for, for pure shooters, spreading the game out, a, a playing a more beautiful style of basketball, as opposed to one guy dribbling the ball into the floor, you're split cutting, you're moving, all five guys are touching it. So that's, that's kind of where I was. The, it's the twofold, right? It's the it's the off the court, you know, input. and again, LeBron with his, I promise school and everything that he's done for communities and the way that he's used his platform and been squeaky clean for 22, 23 years that he's been basically, you know, in the public eye is incredible, but Steph also has that same, that same platform, what he's done for, uh, I mean, shoot under armor, but that's, that's a whole nother conversation, right? Well, what so. I was going to say, too, I mean, you want to juxtapose, <clears throat> juxtapose these two players together, but you also are kind of leaving out this thing where you're looking at one player who was given every possible advantage and opportunity to be good at the game of basketball and the game of life. And Steph Curry with an NBA dad, Absolutely. you know, growing up in the suburbs, both parents, private schools from fucking mm-hmm. the jump all the way through to a player who was given none of the advantages. How many players are coming out of Akron? I mean, physical advantages, sure. Yeah. But he also, I mean, like, fuck, I mean, so many more opportunities for your life to go awry derail. coming yeah. from nothing. So, I mean, that that's one thing that I think never really gets brought up enough with the, the Warriors kind of in general. It's like, oh, the Splash Brothers. Blah, 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 blah. Fucking Steph Curry is playing one-on-one with Vince Carter as a fucking kid. Yes, he's good. He was supposed to be good. And he, Clay Thompson with Michael Thompson and Gary Payton with Gary Payton. And that's what I'm saying. All these second generation fucking yeah. not guys taking anything are, away from them, but it's just a different upbringing. Yeah. It's a well, different. Right, style, but I mean, yeah. we mm-hmm. give them so much credit for not fucking up the 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 easiest pathway to becoming an NBA star. Which I don't know if it's it's my own personal like vendetta kind of against people like that that it just kind of rubs me the wrong way, and then we never fucking talk about how like. Oh, like he never blew it, which is, you know, a good thing. You know, Steph Curry, you know, life is a is a crazy journey and whatnot. But like, <laughs> fuck, man, that's like silver platter shit compared to like grinding it all the way through and doing everything yourself. But there's two different ways to look at that, too, right? Where Steph Curry's six foot three and wasn't really blessed with all. I mean, he has athletic gifts for sure. But LeBron looks like he was built in a lab to play this game. Mm-hmm. So and then think- he had to survive life to get there very true very true but he was also driving a hummer in high school so let's let's be oh uh, was it a bulletproof hummer or was it just a hummer (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i think steph curry probably had a cool car too more than likely yeah what do you got his first car was like a bmw or something (laughs) just one thing i mean we've all as sports head we've had this conversation regarding i mean insert player a player b we've had this type of conversation so many times through our, our lives. Um, and every time we do it, I've started, I've realized myself like growing more in the past couple of years where like so many times I try and stop myself from having this conversation more when we're saying which player's better, not yeah. which impact is greater, but something that I think it was Michael Jordan said at Kobe's funeral, that where they're like, why are, why are we like, why are people comparing us? Who's better? Like, why can't we just be like, both of these people are so great and just like sell like why do we have to tear one down to to boost the other one up and so i'm not saying that we're tearing either of them down right now but i think that so many people could could benefit from 
from looking at it that way where we, we don't have to be like, Oh, well he, yeah, he had all these opportunities and he only did this when this guy did this, I'm just like it, man, it's just what they're both did for the game and what they're doing with their lives. It's so amazing that it's, it just, you have to appreciate it. Well, that's where it kind of came from. Cause I had this epiphany last night. It's like, I'm truly appreciating greatness, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and being able to watch this warriors team. So yeah. All right. Good talk. Good talk, guys. We have gone super duper long. Today, so Shane, <laughs> this is going to be a, a hell of a we'll pod go, to edit. But I'll we'll go really through com- conversation. We'll yeah, go through these real quick here. Then I'll just, <laughs> we'll just rattle off my three questions just real fast here. Yes, uh, <laughs> which which pro duck would you rather have on your personal favorite team? Tyler Anderson, pitcher for the Los Angeles Dodgers, Peyton Pritchard, or Ruthie Heber. That's a good question. I'd probably go Tyler Anderson because he was on the Mariners and they freaking let him go for nothing. So I, mean, I would take, yeah, I would take Peyton because I don't really, I don't have a baseball team that I love and I don't really have a WNBA team that I love either, but I do love the Blazers and I'd like to root for him more and not for the Celtics. <laughs> yeah. I probably go Ruthie, but Peyton pretty close. I don't know. I take any, all three would be cool. Um, Who's your WNBA team, Shane? Uh, we're Vasatu plays, which is currently the Dallas Wings. Yeah. yeah. I mean, until, <laughs> until Oregon gets a team, I'm just, I'm yeah. like uh, one of those LeBron fans, Vasatu. Um, <laughs> you have the first overall pick in an NCAA fantasy football league. Oh, God. Which duck are you taking with that pick? So the defensive league. Oh, yeah. Is it IDP? <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. I didn't think about that. But yeah, sure. So which duck am I taking? Yeah. I mean, you've got to, if it's IDP, you've got it. I mean, well, but IDP. Because if I ask just like so. what what player overall, then it's like really you want yeah. to take some like running back for like some like you know small school who gets seventy five carries a game. I'm just uh, uh, the problem with college fantasy football in general. I'm taking Bo Nix. I think he's gonna have a great season. I really, I've like, I've brainwashed myself over the past like month of not watching anything. It's like I don't think he could do it this year. I think it's gonna be really good. But yeah, I mean, if we're doing just ducks, I'm taking one of the best offensive players, and I think that he's gonna have a good year. Uh, JD going, hates it. I hate it so much. <laughs> but this will be this will be in on Shane and I's joke that we've been sending back and forth on Instagram. Uh, because uh, DJ Johnson's going to get 40 sacks this year. I think I'm going to take <laughs> DJ Johnson. <laughs> there you go. I can't believe how much that guy can bench press. He's a monster. Uh, oh my dude. God, he's so big. Have you seen any of his workout videos on Instagram, yes. Zach? Yeah, oh, my Lord. Him. He's so massive. He's so much stronger than he looks, too, which is saying something because he's so yeah. scary looking. I'd probably go uh, Byron Cardwell. I think he's going to get yeah, a touchdown. Yeah, that was my close second i also really like i wouldn't take him first but i really want to take like i want dante forward on my team yeah i think mm-hmm. he's gonna have a really good year it's ppr give me coda and if we're going idp <laughs> i mean noah sewell is gonna rack i mean up yeah a lot you're, of tackles no it's definitely yeah, this, yep 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 um all right Justin. last question here to wrap up this super long podcast megapod it Two is <laughs> it's it's July 1st. It's 85 degrees. It's sunny. You're at a bar. You're sitting outside. You're kind of in the sun. It's warm. What is your beverage choice? Doesn't have to be alcoholic, but you're at a bar. You're at the fr- you're with your friends. You haven't seen them in a while. I mean, I want a <clears throat> but it's Pacifico. Hot. Oh, 
Cerveza, nice huh? Pacifico Cerveza. I'm a yeah beer guy, but like not crazy beer guy. Like I drink Coors Light all the time. So <laughs> <laughs> ain't nothing wrong Pac- with silver bullets, man. Pacifico is like a dark beer for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I'm going just with my favorite beverage in general right now, and it's the that Boneyard CBD Elixir Soda oh, with one of those. Grape uh, one? Yeah, either a grape or a cola. Mm. And yeah, maybe maybe a splash, a little whiskey in there, or if it's great, maybe a splash of vodka or something like that. But just uh, yeah, if I'm just hanging out and it's hot, sitting at a at a nice uh, a nice restaurant, I think a CBDC. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I've always i I kind of decided recently that anything with mint on a hot day is like my favorite mojito. Mm-hmm. Nice, yeah. just like use some fine crushed ice. Nice mojito. Oh there yeah, you go. There yeah, you go. yeah. Something about like when when like the sun is on your skin. How much better mint tastes. It's refreshing. Mint yeah. yeah. There you go. Minty. Clean. Those are mine. I got through a lot faster than you guys. Who are asking yeah, like intellectual, philop, philosophical, <laughs> fucking like, you know, would you sell your soul to the devil for? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. Good. Hey, great pod, gentlemen. Great yeah, pod today. Uh, yeah, this is a mega pod. If you're still listening, mom, thank you so much. Thanks, mom. Appreciate you. I'm sure my mom's probably not even listening. But <laughs> um, as always, uh, take care, yo, chicken. Take care, your mentals. We appreciate you. We love you. We out. Peace. Their mom's probably like, yeah, you lost me with the Saudi Arabia. Sorry.
Shout a little bit softer now. Shout a little bit louder now. Shout a little bit. 